my new favorite person in St. Louis. She is amazing. We are waiting on a call from Stephen Jenkins from Third Eye Blind. They're coming to town with Jimmy Eat World this summer, Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Oh my God, that's going to be amazing. Are you kidding? 1065thearch.com for tickets. But let's get back to our new favorite human. That was from KMOV. They were at the watch party at Enterprise Center yesterday. Depending on when you're listening to this, I guess we have to give a, a full recap. But first, welcome to the show, Boozy Brunch. Every Friday, Stacey and I recap our week of shows on the Arch. We have almost matching uh, vessels today. Yes, we also put the drinking at work rules uh-huh. on a shelf far away, and we fill up our personal bottles with whatever we happen to decide to do. Clink. Cheers. Speaking of drinking... I think people were getting into it last night. That woman, her energy. <laughs> she sounded like she had maybe had a couple. I need to, I listen. This is this is my new favorite clip. Oh, Gloria! Feel like she might have been hitting the sauce a bit. That's going to be my new exclamation for everything. I don't care what happens if I stub my toe. Oh, Gloria! <laughs> Something good's happened. Same thing. As long as no one uses that as the new thing they say when they um. Ew. Mm. <laughs> just what? Just what? Oh, Gloria! Now I need some ice. I'll get you. I'll get you a damp towel. This. How did this? All right. Get sorry. Here? Back on the back on the rails. Back on the rails. <laughs> I got to be honest. I've I've been a little bit of a pessimist with the with the Stanley Cup Finals. I think mm-hmm. probably just because of our track record with it. I I also kind of hate wow. saying this out loud, but I did not. I. I I really did not expect us to be up 3-2 looking at a home victory on Sunday. I don't even know if I can talk to you because I feel like these are things we shouldn't talk about while the while the playoffs are still happening. Well, you are a, you're you're the superstition one of the mm-hmm. two of us. So, I mean, I guess it's because you were a successful athlete. We've talked about this at length too. I I played sports when I was a kid, but I was just so bad I knew nothing, including superstitions, would ever help me. My dad offered to pay me just for taking a swing at a ball in Little League. I got like How a much nickel did you a swing. Make? Uh, I, let's just say I didn't need an allowance. In your lifetime career, 65 cents? I don't think I swung that much. I was too scared. <laughs> so, of course, we're all hyped and ready to go. Boston, even though that they are spoiled and have done this so many times before, they're ready to go. And we have been talking all week long with a guy named Boston Scott. Boston Scott is such a um, Boston fan uh, of all of their sports teams that... When St. Louis and the Bruins made it to the cup, he just randomly started calling radio stations. He called the front desk of our radio station and started talking smack to our receptionist. And we were like, hey, you got his number on that phone log? She did. We called him back and now we talk to him often. He was not happy the day after the Bruins lost game five. And well, this was his phone conversation with us earlier this morning. Good morning, St. Louis. I am so annoyed. This is a catastrophe, what's going on right now. (laughs) Now, I don't want to break it to St. Louis Metro. I don't know who's listening, but you guys are going to be disappointed. I'll make a bet with you, Jonah. Okay. No joke. Whoever wins or loses has to send the other one a T-shirt of the Bruins or the Blues and wear it. The (laughs) Bruins are going to win game six easily and then game seven. The referees screwed them. I'm annoyed. I, I think I punched a hole in my wall. <laughs> oh, that's that seems like a Boston thing to do for some reason. And a hockey thing to do. Do you guys do you have any idea how overmatched you guys are? We, we are the better team. Now, remember, it takes four games to win the Stanley Cup. You guys have won three. Right. So we just need that one more on Sunday. You're illustrating my point, Jonah. You need that one more and you're not going to get it. This is definitely coming back to Boston for Game 7. 100%. I wish I could... I am going to bet it with my bookie, but... (laughs) 
If the Blues win, though, you will win. You will wear a blue shirt, and if the I'll, Bruins win, I will wear a Bruins shirt for at least two days, and I will take a picture. You have my word, bud. I promise. And they're gonna go down there and rock you guys in Game Six. Yeah, we have a bet. This is real, Jonah. We appreciate that, and yes, all right. I am shaking on it, and all I need you to say now is Bruins versus Blues Game Six. It's on. You're gonna cut it up and make me look stupid. I know the routine. You gotta put it through the machine. I know. <laughs> I, know. I, I know. Boston Scott is on to us. What he's referencing, right? We we have a blues fan generator machine where we take sentences from Boston fans, put it through the machine, and then all of a sudden they become blues fans. Scott, I think I think you're saying that we might do this to you. St. Louis are gonna win Game Six easily. The Bruins, they look flat last night. Do you have any idea how overmatched the Bruins are? You need that one more and you're going to get it. He has been asking us to like email all the clips of him making it on the radio. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be psyched with that one. No, he's not. But he knew what he was in for. Have you ever been in a similar position that the Blues are in, obviously on a smaller scale, but have you ever like been in championship games in any of your 9,000 soccer leagues? Um. Yeah, there were a few. We traveled to Sacramento to um, compete, but we were really low level. Like, I don't remember getting any trophies or anything. I've never won a single thing in sports. Not one time. You got that participation ribbon along with me from that 5K. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I didn't even get the most improved player award ever, which we all know actually just stands for the worst person that just kept on showing up. Thanks, buddy. That, Nothing. You know what, though? Showing up. Means a lot. I was on the wrestling team in seventh and eighth grade. We had, we did the award ceremony during lunch, like a special, like everyone at lunch in the cafeteria. The coach gets on the intercom to give awards to everybody. Ten people on the team. There were nine awards. No, I was also one of two people. Did you not get an award? No, I've never gotten a sport award. I'm not an athletic How, person. What were the other nine awards for? There was like undefeated <gasps> award, best no. like best effort, most improved. Everything. I See, so what is your take on that, okay? Because I'm a now, shitty athlete. But now, so would you have felt better if you had gotten, like, a participation trophy? Or how do you feel about the participation award thing? Oh, like how people are saying kids are too soft now mm-hmm. and they don't keep score and all that stuff? Yeah. No. I'm but- not quite sure about it. Like, as a parent, watching my child be the only one to not get an award would break my heart and I would feel so bad. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of... It has to be subjective for the sta- like for the exact circumstance. Just mm-hmm. having them, I think I'm I'm not for it. Okay. But if it's like right, there's ten kids and there's nine awards, right? That kind of sucks. Although it, I guess. The, well, the counter argument is no. Well, that would then drill into your head. Well, if you weren't most improved, you should be a harder worker. You didn't have the highest effort. Give more effort. See, now that's what I was going to say, but I didn't want to be rude because it didn't work. No, on you. <laughs> it did not work. <laughs> that did not happen. I mean, that is one of my biggest flaws. So I think. I, I should have probably learned to like grow from What's that. What's one of your biggest flaws? Not trying? Effort. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, there's mm. certain, there's definitely areas where I try hard and I feel like I put a lot of effort and energy into this job. But mm-hmm. even like when we talked to my dad, like I, I don't even under I don't even remember the circumstances the last time we talked to him. But what he brought up was from a, as a small oh, who's my mom? When we talked to her on Mother's Day and we asked her to basically say what was the worst thing I've done as a son, like mm-hmm. vent. This is your turn to right. let your feelings out. One of the annoying things she said was when we were going camping as a family, oh, right. and everyone was breaking down the campsite, rolling up sleeping bags, putting the tent away, and I just stood against the car watching, 
while my sister and my parents put everything away and they had to have a sit down, serious talk with me. Do you remember what was in your mind in that instance? No, but like, were you oblivious? You just didn't notice or were you lazy? Like you were like, I don't want to do that. They're going to do it for me. I don't remember that one. But again, this is not I'm not proud of this because I'm still working on it and I'm what 32. But again, another one I remember. And this one, I do remember what I was thinking. I was like 12, 13. Shit, I, I might have been older. Let's call it 15 to make myself feel okay. worse. And we had a wood stove growing up. Like our heat during the winter was burning logs. Mm-hmm. So we get wood deliveries. A guy would show up in a giant pickup truck with cords and cords of wood. Just his entire back of his truck full of wood. He unloads it into our yard. And I was go shit, I was older because I was driving somewhere. Ooh, this is bad. Mm. 16 or 17. And I went up to, and I was leaving. And as I was leaving, I saw that my dad and him were outside putting, like, unloading the wood and I stopped and talked to him for a minute and then I got in the car and left and I left them unloading the wood. Were you like on a timeline? I'm sure. No, I, I cannot imagine because my dad who normally, I, we've, I can count the amount of times I've, we've had these kind of conversations so I guess I know it was real. Like later on that day it was like, you embarrassed me in front of that guy. Like, oh. you're my son. You, you're going, you've been going to the gym for two years. Like, you're a, a, a built young man and you walked out and watched me and this other guy who's older than both of us combined unload this wood and you just stood there, talked to us and left. And I think it was probably worse because it was in front of someone who works like right. with his hands for a living. My dad's like a writer. So I think a little bit of it is like, listen, we got to show that we're not just going to be hands off all the time mm-hmm. in front of this working man who cut down these trees with his hands and then loaded it into a pickup truck and brought it to our house. But I didn't help. And he was like, that that is that that's a fail. Do you remember what was in your mind on that one? It was just that I was I remember thinking about it and watching but it was like the the amount of wood they had nothing worked like mm-hmm. anything I'm about to say. But it wasn't was like a weak argument. I already work out so I don't need this workout or it no, wasn't. No, it was like oh they have it or like okay. I like they're about to be done so if I joined in I would only help for another minute mm-hmm. or whatever bullshit. I mean it doesn't re- the bottom line help somebody mm-hmm. and especially right if it's your dad and this other guy and, and you're and you're there and able it also reflects poorly on him because what are you going to do right like, he didn't raise his son right to help people right just watch two people do manual labor and it has bled into i don't know what it, i don't i need to figure it out because even i remember now as an adult if like people are moving a couch I'm like, oh should i is there a way for me to get i guess not i'll just wait you but, know what you do do though is you are always the one to get things off of high shelves for people well, I will do that for strangers, like for anybody. Like you offer, you will go up to someone at the grocery store if you can see they're having a hard time. That is, I'm I'm trying to work on it. This mm-hmm. is, but I think that. Do you want to practice by doing stuff for me for the next week? And no. See, are you sure? See, because, because I have a list of stuff that. I have the mental, uh, I have just the amount of mental acuity <laughs> to understand that's not the same thing. What? Hmm. What do you mean? Hmm. I'm not going to hmm. fall for this one. Dang it. <laughs> but it also, it makes me worried because it's, it's one of those like age old debates of like, do people ever change? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think all you can do is work on it and you're aware of it. And so you try to but work on it. 25 years later, I, I haven't, I, har- I heartily have changed something that should be so easy to change. Mm. I did offer to help. Okay, so our elevator is broken here mm-hmm. at the studio. So you have to walk up one whole flight of stairs mm-hmm. to get here. And it seems innocuous in many ways, but we have like a promotions team that has to bring like huge tents and promotional right. items. Our engineers. For the people who have to carry stuff, it's a big car, problem. Our vendors who bring up like the waters are all. One of our coworkers just randomly fractured his foot last week and now is in a walking cast. Oh, who? 
Broadway. I didn't even see it. I saw it on Facebook. Oh, I haven't seen him Sorry, in person, dude. but it just happened. And right. so I've been, I've had my share of walking casts and man, that would have been one of the few times I took the elevator. So I walked by two of our promotions coworkers yesterday who were laden down with boxes, walking up the mm-hmm. stairs and I was heading out, had my backpack on. I stopped and said, Hey, can I help you guys? Luckily they said no, but <laughs> I was, abs- I was absolutely ready and willing to help. Okay. That's improvement. I mean, life is is constantly working on yourself. Yeah, if you do it, though, that's the hard part. I'm it super is. good at recognizing it. You and I were talking about this the other mm-hmm. night, too. Like, the other night, I was doing one of those, like, low-light replays in my head from, like, all the shitty things I've ever done as a person. Yeah. Why do we do that? I think everybody does it. And it was, like, the most innocuous stuff, too. That It was, like, I told someone the wrong form for bench press in college, mm-hmm. and I physically shook my head at myself in bed. I had my airplane eye mask on because mm-hmm. I was going to bed at 7.30, and literally, such so stupid. Yeah. And that was 12 years ago. And it's so detrimental to think that way, but we all do. I'm the, I'm like, I think I'm one of the worst at negative self-talk and ha- well, what you was know, that song that you were, you were telling me? The- oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, there's a TV show called My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and it's a musical TV show and one of the songs in it was stuck in my mind for about a week and it's a catchy song, but I'm like, Stacy, this is bad for you to just keep singing to yourself over and over. It goes something like this. You ruined everything, you stupid bitch. You stupid, <laughs> stupid bitch. So even- You should lose some weight. Like, it's terrible. It's terrible. So how much of it were you singing it actually to yourself and how much were you just singing it but realizing even if you were just singing it to sing it, the words are... I was just singing it to sing it because it was stuck in my mind. Like when a song gets stuck in your head and you just sing the same two lines over (laughs) and over again. You stupid bitch. You are a... Because the song is singing it... The singer is singing it to herself. You ruined everything, you stupid bitch. And that's what I was singing over and over in my mind. And I'm like, this is bad for me. Where is the? Where do you draw the line on like dominant thought and like believing things into existence, like the secret and all that stuff? The secret, uh, like believing. Here's the thing: believing everything in the secret is a ten. Believing that absolutely nothing like that ever works, and whatever happens, happens. Eight. See, ooh, you're up there. I'm up there, but the a- secret I feel is taking something real and twisting it into. Um, uh, um, if they have like an easily digestible mainstream money making. Uh, thing for the people who created it. You, don't you need, know what I mean? They don't make advertisements for things that you need. Like when I saw the right. secret, the book advertised on a billboard. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, they're just in it for the money. So an eight. Do you? I mean, do you have like? Do you have examples in your life of that, or is it just an energy feeling that you have as you live your life? I have tons of examples. Of course, I can't think of any right now. Um, this job, this this career. So. Okay, so yeah, so where does that land though? Do you you walked around going, I will get to a major media market mm-hmm. and have a more so you were just saying it like that? Yeah. But but I knew when I was doing it that it wouldn't be until the time was right. So I was in another smaller market for years and years and years, and it was because of all of the circumstances of my life. So I had a child I didn't want to leave. Um, my whole family's there. I, I know how much you love your son, but I was still not expecting the end to be 
to leave. I had a child I didn't want. And oh, God. <laughs> sorry no. to interrupt. Right. So, yeah, you, you had responsibilities that were more than just I should stay. It was like an, a, a legitimate tether. Right. I didn't want to leave my life there. And then... Um, this opportunity came along at the exact right moment when my son is old enough to live on his own and he's doing well 14. in his life. <laughs> Look, he's 14 and a half. Don't make me seem like a bad I left mom. him with a Swiss Army knife. He can open <laughs> bottles and cut things. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, my mom is um, still, you know, back in Santa Rosa and she's doing well. Like everything just came together for me to be able to take this opportunity. And in my heart, I knew that's how it would go down. So I want to then encourage, so you've always said you really wanted another, like a, a dream job for you, either as mm-hmm. a side job or just a different career is voiceover stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, do you act that way towards that? I don't because, um, I don't feel like I am actually good enough to do it. Mm. So what? Cause I can't sing. I can't do accents. I can't do different voices. You absolutely can do different voices. Well, they sound like me though. Like, well, no one knows you like I feel like some okay. people. H. John Benjamin is that? A, that's his name, right? Is that he, the he guy does the voice on, of Archer and yeah, and Bob's Burgers? And guess right. what? It's the same fucking voice, and it's his voice. And he's yeah. on two successful animated television. You have a wonderful I, voice. Thank you, Amanda. My girlfriend has said, and I've passed this along to you. When a commercial she heard you read, she said it was the best sounding commercial she's ever heard from anybody. That is so sweet, and it was because of your voice. Thanks, Amanda. So then, what? It, so. Because I can't. See, act. A neg- I think maybe that's the negative. I think you're right. Coming out. I I don't disagree. I think you are absolutely correct. And I'm almost afraid to do it because I do believe that it works. And I'm afraid that I would try it and not be good mm, enough. Yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. It's all. I mean, it also is hard saying it. Out I know. Loud I'm about even. to cry. Right? Because I I was thinking about this the other day because I love this job and I love where we are. But there's also, I mean, there's growth not only in this show but just in right. careers and there's side jobs and there's other stuff. And I was like, man, I do, I do think it would be fun to be on TV. And I was like, I don't. And then I stopped myself. Like, I, mm-hmm. I haven't even said that to anybody. And so if it's just a thought in your head, but I think mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it the same way you're talking about voiceover, where it's like, yeah, that's cool, and I'll, I'll spend a few minutes in my mind imagining like, wouldn't that be nice? And then that's it. So mm-hmm. it's not imagining like, well, what are the five to 100 steps that you need to take between now and then? How right. vulnerable do you want to be by asking other people for help with that or by putting yourself out there because you are starting at like the ground floor? Mm-hmm. I do think that it did work a little bit because we were just on TV the other day. <laughs> that absolutely does not count, <laughs> but that is super funny. I'm glad you brought that up. We were at Enterprise Center for the... Was it the watch party for game four? Four. Mm -hmm. Well, we've been down at Enterprise Center for every one of the Stanley Cup final games, and they have like the NBC Sports set up for our home games. Right. They have like two or three different TV networks in front of Enterprise Center for the home games. And there's a crowd, everyone trying to wave. Mm -hmm. The first time I was down there, I didn't realize that there were cameras rolling, and I got a text from my college roommate saying, why aren't you wearing blue? I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) And then the next text I got was an image, and he had screenshot. He was watching TV, and there was me in my black jeans and my purple arch shirt Mm -hmm. trying to talk to people to get audio for our show. And number one, he embarrassed me, and everyone, I put that on Facebook, and I got called out by everybody. (laughs) But also, I was like, damn, he's watching me from Houston, and I made it on TV. Then when we went, we tried to make it a sport where one of us would look at the monitor mm-hmm. of the camera people and, the, and would direct the other person. Right. And we both made it on TV. And we were both in the background of the anchors. So, yeah, Stacy's tiny little head poking over the shoulder. 
Our uh, height, our size difference has never been more apparent than when we both stood in the same place and we saw what see, percentage of our bodies got on TV. You could see my left eye, the top left of my head, and my hand waving. And for Jonah, you could see like from the waist up because he <laughs> towered over everybody. It's my knees. But see, that- so maybe this. Okay, so maybe. It is working a little bit because so randomly you were on TV and Jared saw you. And then again, so randomly, did you expect me to be like, let's try to get on TV? No, because that's kind of, I mean, it was kind of weird and surprising and I never would really want to do that. It also came full, full circle because after we both got on TV that second time, I got another text from him and I all I said was, good job wearing blue. And then he sent me a screenshot. I was like, how so let's what see if we can do this. Watching the pregame two hours before puck drop in Houston, Texas, which is also an hour earlier than us. So he was just watching it so randomly. Early. And then also, I told you this, and I don't know if it's true because I, maybe it was more than one time, but I felt like I only made eye contact with the camera once. Like I looked mm-hmm. into the camera. And when I looked into it, I wondered to myself, I, it would be weird if Jared saw me. And the photo. Are we looking at the same moon? The photo he sent me, I'm staring into the camera. So oh my God. I, it was like possibly at that exact moment that he had seen it. And Jonah. That, that could be some universe stuff. I'm serious. Let's see if we can focus our thoughts and try to get these two things accomplished. Okay. So if like you, we will have to fully focus our thoughts on the way we want these stories to play out. I want to do voiceover on like a cartoon or something like that. Um, maybe something more that I'm not even thinking of that would be a better fit. That's fine if it doesn't turn out the exact way. Uh-huh. But if we can focus our positive thinking toward that goal and toward you being on TV, let's see if it works. Okay. Well, it also depends how how hard are we gonna are we gonna go secret way, which is just thinking about it. Well, actually, no, they do actions, but they're silly actions. No, I think we should just think about it. Sorry to interrupt. Every phone's, oh, the phone, the phone's blinking, phone's flashing. Mister Stephen Jenkins. Mister Stephen Jenkins is flashing us. Hey there. Hey Good morning. How's it going? Good morning to you. To you too. Where do we find uh, you this morning? Great. You find me uh, in San Francisco, my hometown, which I'm rarely in these days. I am from Santa Rosa, my hometown, and now I live here in St. Louis, Missouri, something I never thought that would happen. Wow. Under the arch. Yes. <laughs> San Francisco is such a, I mean, I feel like it's such a special place for, I mean, it's like a bastion for artists. Like, was that, do you think that contributed to, to you starting out as a musician at all? Yeah, I kind of feel like I'm the last, I'm the last one of that, of that kind of culture that, that made it possible for artists to both be inspired and be able to like survive living in a city, you know, that could, that could nurture them. Because when you, when you're coming up as an artist, you, you kind of have to take that vow of poverty. Because you said, uh, the most important thing for creativity is cheap rent, which I just love. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, when all the techies came in, it kind of like, it like just, it just ruined all the clubs where people could go and, you know, like get a little following and play music and stuff. And so we were kind of part of that whole music thing. And then, um, and then after that, it was really hard to be coming out of San Francisco in a band. So there's not that much of a scene anymore here, but you know, it's still my hometown. Well, it's such an honor to be able to speak with you. I, your guys debut album, top three albums of all time. As far as I'm concerned, I, I, can listen to that album every day and not get tired of it. So it's very exciting to have you guys come here and you're teaming up with Jimmy world this summer. Yeah. Um, we're taking, um, it's the summer gods tour and we're going to be in St. Louis, Hollywood casino amphitheater on June 25th. 
and this tour, we were really careful about who we brought out. So we're bringing out Jimmy Eat World and Rob Rob Riot. And I hope everybody will go early and see Rob Rob Riot as well because they're great. I do have to say that I've seen you in concert before. I um, have. I was lucky enough to have met you. It was years ago, and I don't expect you to remember. But I did. You autographed my CD for me. And so if anyone's wondering, like, should I get tickets? The answer is yes, because Third Eye Blind is amazing in concert. I haven't seen Jimmy Eat World or Ra Ra Riot, but uh, if you like them, you have good taste. So I would take your advice. We just kind of have an affinity for each other in these bands. So um, I'm really looking forward to to seeing what uh, they're going to be up to this summer. What are you guys... And thank you. And thank you for going and seeing me. And I was very happy to sign your CD. And I don't remember what a CD is. Uh, too long ago, so. <laughs> I was going to say, that might have been the last CD ever signed. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> what can we expect in this show? Because I also uh, have been able to see you guys several times. But most recently, I think it was back in uh, 2012 or 2013... And there was a drum solo done with like a dubstep background. I don't know if you remember when you were touring that, and it it blew my mind. And just to have that like five to six minute interlude, and then you all just came back and, and joined right up immediately. Do you what kind of what kind of stuff do you have planned this time around? We should get Brad to solo again, Jonah. That's such a good question. We have um, we have new music. We're putting out um, a new album. It's going to be called Screamer. It's supposed to be out now, but you know, it's third eye blind, so we tend to dally. We'll be doing fully different light show. It's going to be like the set list is much more interactive with the fans. So if you guys want to hear something, you should call in and text in or somehow, uh, or just just tweet me at, at Stephen Jenkins and let me know what you want to hear, and we will take that into account. Oh, that's awesome. Wow, that's super cool. So I know a lot of people think that the rock star lifestyle touring the world is a glamorous thing, and it's very exciting in many ways, but also, I mean, it's a grind, and you guys are going to be working hard. Are there, like, some must-have things, or, like, what, what's in your bag that you would be real upset if you left behind when you go on tour? It's really not a grind at all. I'm rolling around in Prada, as you speak, and... Um, <laughs> and um, no more cheap yeah, rent. All right, Stephen Jenkins. I walk down the in the neighborhood in my pajamas, and um, I don't have a bag. You know, I I, I don't I don't even get on the plane with carry on. So, so you're um, just living in the moment. Yeah, it's all just luxury, it's just pure luxury. Yeah, fantastic. So do people peel your grapes for you, or, or do you do that yourself? <laughs> Man, what do I have in my bag? You know, like uh, Cetaphil is really good moisturizer. It's important to stay moisturized, <laughs> and I have a canteen um, because we. Um, are doing this tour totally green, so we don't have any single-use plastics. No plastic water bottles, oh, no plastic forks or plates, no straws. Um, so I have a steel straw, and I've got a um, canteen, and um, yeah, and um, we're actually, at, this is going to be a carbon-neutral tour as well, so we um, what we did was we donated our carbon footprint to a group that is rewilding forest in Alaska, keeping it wild forever. And that, you know, the trees there create the oxygen that um, counteracts the greenhouse gases that are created. So we've got to throw that in there, Jonah. That's wonderful. That is a cause that we are definitely behind. We are having a green overhaul here at our radio stations, a cluster, a new recycling program, new reusable mugs program, a whole thing. So that's something that we can absolutely get behind. And cannot wait to see you guys again June 25th. Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. It's going to be an amazing show. 
can I send a shout out to um, a a uh, St. Louis local, um, um, Sarah Kenzie? She's a really great writer, and she lives in St. Louis with her family. And I read all of her stuff. And Sarah, you better come to the show on the twenty fifth. That's what I would say. You heard it from Stephen Jenkins himself, Sarah. Show up, show some support. Hey. Stacey and Jonah, thanks for having me on your radio show, and um, thanks for loving my band. It makes me feel really good. It's Our a- pleasure. It was so great to talk to you. Thanks for calling in. Honor and a pleasure, yes, and we cannot wait to see you again. And, and thank you for, for everything you've been doing and that, that vow of poverty that you took not knowing where it would take you. And, and look where you are now and look how many people you've touched and positively affected. And this carbon neutral, I mean, you guys are still doing it. So it's so great. Big thanks to you as well. Hi, right, you guys. Take thank care. You. Thanks again. All right, cheers. <gasps> okay, cheers. Let me. Cheers. Let me take a They sip. still do not sound good. But that's what you get when you have to sneak in your liquor. You know what's funny is that we're in radio and we can find a million sound effects of glasses clinking. But I enjoy no, the thud of real. our thermal <laughs> vessels. Thermal vessels. Bottoms up. Okay, here's mine. Back on the arch Monday through Friday, 5 to 9. You can hear more at 1065thearch.com. We'll be back here again next Friday. Yes. See you Sunday for the game. I'll see you Sunday for the game.